episode 13. Is Kilroy Jordan? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions about Kilroy. What are you afraid of, Coach Jackson? This? An unknown player, Johnny Kilroy, scores 79 points in only one quarter of play. Johnny Kilroy? Or a cleverly disguised Michael Jordan? Welcome to Run to Me, fans. I'm Asus, and the man on the other side of the mic is EC. What's going on, Asus? Good to see you again, brother. Man, EC, I got chills with that intro, EC. I got chills. Uh, the 1990-97 Bulls, you know, and now the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls. And this that intro, EC. I just, I don't know. I don't know who is, who is. Uh, Johnny Kilroy. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully find out in the next couple of weeks, right? Uh, so, how are you, how, I mean, how are things? How are you? How's, how's everything going? Things are going good. The sun is shining. I can't complain. I'm still employed, and that uh, for anyone who's been in the oil field or is in the oil field at this point in time, that is a blessing. So, kids are good. Wife's good. Can't complain, man. I think the rain is coming, so we'll have to take it while we can get it. But yeah, it's uh, it's going good. How are you? Uh, I'm gonna snap DC this 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 weekend. <laughs> I almost, I did. I mean, I uh, I don't know if I'm I don't know nervous breakdown or whatever you want to call it. I, now I now I feel what a you know what a housewife feels like. You know when 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 they're alone with the kids all day and then you know their spouse comes home and the spouse don't pay attention to them. It's just you know I'm just I I'm a snapped. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I need everybody to get away from me. I just need to be in here. In my, in this is Sunday, obviously, with a documentary coming out, right? And we'll talk about that later. I was like, I just need everybody to go into the room or go separate ways and just leave <laughs> me alone. A little cabin fever. Uh, cabin fever. I, God, I don't think there's a word for what I'm going through. I mean, I got mad at the dog, you see? The dog. What did he do? What are you doing? I got mad at the dog. So yes, the cabin fever is is uh, is an understatement. I guess what I'm going through. But hey, you know we're uh, a we at least we have our health. That you know that's all we need. That's all we need. Our family's good, so we're good. But you see, like I said in the intro, I know we're a Manchester United pod, and we're going to talk anything about Manchester just about Manchester United that we can. But. Uh, I took a walk down memory lane, EC. Took a walk down memory lane, and it was it was much needed. I guess that you know brought some self. You know, it centered myself. You know, after you know the traumatic weekend I had with my family, um, watching uh, the documentary, The Last Dance, about Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. Uh, I thought it, it's a start to a documentary that I'm very intrigued because there's a lot of things EC that I forgot about within that documentary. But it just got me like a kid again, giddy, of watching this above 
this godlike figure of what was Michael Jordan or what is Michael Jordan help. <clears throat> I mean, he's still, he's still ring, you know, his, his name's still in the pantheon of the greatest ever athletes and then to ever, to ever play to ever pick up, you know, play sport. Um, but when I watched it, it is, I just never really understood about the, the you know, about the bulls and the interworkings and of the NBA. Cause I mean, you know, growing up here in South Texas, I know everybody's going to be like, well, you're a Manchester United fan and you're a bulls fan. You're a bandwagon fan. I'm pretty sure you're a Cowboys fan. Well, yes, yes, yes. Check all those boxes. I am. <laughs> um, but I mean, who wasn't a bulls fan in the nineties? EC, you probably, you know, you EC, you growing up in DC, you're probably a bullets fan, Washington bullets fan. Am I correct? You you are correct, and <laughs> let's all let's all remember who MJ came back to when it wasn't over yet, right? The, he came back yeah. to the Wizards, so let's not let's not get it not get it twisted. He understands real as well, so he <laughs> came, back, came back on home. Um, but what did I mean? What did you get out of the? I mean, how did I mean gearing up for the documentary? Obviously, um, I know ESPN was supposed to put this out sometime in the summer. Uh, but due to the times that, you know, we are in now, people are home, uh, people are probably yearning for, especially us, you know, our generation yearning for some sort of nostalgia, something that takes us back. And if we think about it, that was over 23 years ago. You see when Jordan retired, probably or uh, retired from the bulls. I'm sorry. It was, um, you know, over 23 years ago. Um, it brings our generation back to you know high school middle school uh summer you know some people are in elementary that probably got to watch him play uh and yet a generation of kids that what is it i want to be i want to be like mike uh when you're on the court you know you just um the way he walked the way he talked you know the tongue you know when you're on you're playing one-on-one you know just going driving to the hoop you know with your tongue out uh, chewing the chewing the gum the way Mike did, uh, his charisma, his you know, his demeanor. I think it you know watching that you know brought back a lot of those memories, uh, for me. And it also what it did was, I know we talked about it in past pods. It re, it 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 also reaffirmed me on the different type of athlete we have today. I think. Uh, that era, the, the, the 90s Bulls, obviously you can go back to the 80s Celtics and Lakers and, you know, further on down the line of what different type of player that, that they had. Uh, Jordan was a win at all costs, you know, nobody, buddy kind of, yeah, yeah, I mean, he had, you know, friends, but on the court, you were his enemy, even off, you know, before and after. Um, yeah, you can go play golf and whatnot. Like I think there was a part where Danny Ainge and him played golf before, uh, the 1996 playoffs when he came back after that, uh, foot injury. Uh, there was a 96 playoffs. They play golf and, and 86, 86, I'm sorry, 86. You're right. Um, they play golf, but he says, you know what? I'm going to come for your boy tomorrow. And that's it. I mean, stone cold killer. And I know we talked to this in the, 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 the past pods is, do we see that type of killer instinct? I, I mean, no, that's a harsh word to say, right? Killer instinct, but it is this this win at all costs. You know, no matter who you are, like a Roy Keane. You know, I, I guess we want to put it into the the Manchester United realm. A Roy Keane kind of mentality. It's like 
um, no, this is my this is this is my field. This is my house, and I don't care who you are or what you are or what you know what you've done. I am going to crush you, and that's what I think Jordan personified. Uh, as an you know, as now looking back as an adult, that's what he has personified as an athlete. And I think my opinion, and I don't know, you know, you probably have, maybe you might have a different opinion. I think that's what sports is missing today is missing that that killer instinct amongst these amongst children, you know, amongst you know these. I guess we call them children. Hell, they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-five. You know, up to twenty-five year old. You know. Play, you know players that are playing in the premier league or all, all, all over the world um they're i think they're missing that that eye of the tiger i want to say you know i want to be too cliche and you know say rocky right but this yeah. eye of the tiger and uh, uh you know identity and i just that i know that i don't know if i've said a lot there's a lot there to talk about um and i want to hear what you have to say but um what did you think about the first two episodes of The Last Dance? Um, I was impressed. I was I was very impressed. I want to say it broke a record. There was like 6.1 million people that watched it. Obviously, Corona's going to help out a lot with that. Uh, but no, I was I was really impressed with the way that it that it's going. It's kind of taking you all the way back. Then it, it fast forwards uh, to that 97 year um, where Phil was told it was going to be his last dance. Um, and so I like the way that they're going back and forth. They're giving you a little bit of Michael. They're giving you a little bit of Scotty. Um, and those those two guys um, were the engine um, of that of that dynasty. Um, no, it's 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 truthful. Um, I think it's it's honest. I think with with Michael, um, and it it goes it goes deep. And I don't know if they're going to get into kind of how he felt when he got to Carolina even because there were some players that were, they were better than him. Like, let's just be real. James Worthy was better than him. And, and even James talks about how that didn't last very long, but the media outlets that were there in North Carolina, um, they didn't put him on the cover of a magazine that Worthy was on. And he thought that he was good enough to be on that cover. And so he wanted to go out and show that he could dominate. And, he, you know, he wound up obviously doing that. So, no, I think I think his determination is and his drive. Um, I think there are people who have determination and drive, and they have the quote unquote killer instinct. Michael, f- for me, um, was just once in a lifetime. I know Kobe was great. I know LeBron's great, and I'm comparing those two because they're both two guards. Um, but I don't think they either one of those guys captivated the world the same way that Michael Jordan did when he was in his prime. Um, it, it, it was a perfect storm because, you know, you had Magic and Bird um, kind of running things. Here comes this young kid out of Carolina, you know, third pick, who essentially right off the bat just said, I'm going to go at you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right at you. And so, um, you know, they knew early and quick that he was coming. He was going to take the throne. It was going to be a while, but eventually this kid out of North Carolina was going to come and, and take the throne. So I think there are kids that have it. They have the drive. They have the determination. They have the even the skill, but the same skills on the same level. I know I haven't seen it. I've seen people on the basketball court do things that are amazing. Um, like I said, no disrespect to Kobe or LeBron, but I just look at the dominance. I mean, 
let's just take, for instance, I lived in San Diego when he was on his second run. Every San Diego channel had WGN, which is a Chicago-based channel. <laughs> but that was a local channel for everyone. And it didn't matter where you lived, you had WGN because Michael Jordan put sat you down, got your popcorn out, and you were going to watch a show. And, and the documentary even said, I think it was uh, Ahmad Rashad, that he said, Jordan never knew who was going to be in the building. So his thought process was, if, you never see me play. I want to show you something magical. So, like I said, no disrespect to the guys that are doing it now. Um, they've they've come close, but for me, none of them have have hit the MJ mark um, from a, a global standpoint, a brand standpoint, a winning even a winning standpoint. None of those guys have have won or done it on the level that MJ does. So, I'm super excited for the rest of it. I wish. I wish it was a Netflix thing because oh. if it would have been eight hours, I would have watched the whole eight hours. I, I wouldn't. I would have just sat there and watched it. I watched. I watched it twice in one night. I mean, <laughs> that's how great it was, right? I mean, it was just cool to see inside look of what was really going down in the locker room. So, no, it was really, 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 really well done. No, so it, far. it was. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever watch? Were, were you able to ever watch him live? Like as, nope. as in, in, in in the building. Nope, never got to watch him live. Um, all on WGN. Shout out to that Chicago uh, uh, news station. But no, I never. I think I only watched when I was younger. I watched one game with, Sha- with Shaquille and Kobe played together in their uh, in their first run. But I never saw never saw MJ live. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, like there was a part in the documentary documentary where this, this mom has a two kids, right? And he asks his kids, uh, "What do you want for Christmas? Do you want to see come see Michael Jordan, or do you want you know whatever the Christmas present?" Obviously, the kids, the little kids, kids, yeah, yeah. And that was me. My fifth, my uh, I, I still have this. I still to this day in my mother's house have this ticket, the ticket stub uh, in a frame. Ticket stubs in a frame. I mean, rinky dink frame. It's nothing special or anything. Ticket stub was they for my fifteenth birthday. They got me one ticket, and I went with a buddy of mine. And big Bulls fan is to, uh, his name is Randy Deloyo. Delo Delo De, Deloyos. There you go. And his older brother, big big also Jordan fan, and his older brother took me and me and Randy to the game. But obviously, we had to get these tickets, and these tickets are not face value tickets. Obviously, these were scalp tickets that we had to, you know, go, you know, buy them. Not scalp, but through a broker, and obviously, they got marked up, you know, pretty, a pretty good penny. Um, I want to say, I think my parents paid at that time in the mid nineties. It was ninety six. I want to say when I was fifteen. Yeah, ninety six, two hundred bucks. I mean, two hundred bucks in ninety six ain't no ain't no chump change. I mean, tell two hundred bucks to go watch a basketball game now. It's you know even in in the late you know what you know twenty twenty and twenty nineteen, two hundred bucks to go watch somebody play is still a lot of money. That's um, an expensive ticket. They got it for my birthday, and and I and that's one thing I appreciate uh, my parents doing. Uh, obviously, they played David Robinson. This was before Tim Duncan. They had David Robinson and, and Sean Elliott, and but the whole the whole arena, whole arena. I'm gonna say in whole arena. Majority of the the arena was there to see the, that one person, that one man, the man that wore 23, and everybody cheered when he scored. 
Um, obviously, the, the had people rooting for the Spurs, but I mean, it was just it was an amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity that my parents you know, sacrificed for and were were able to give you know give to me uh, because I was such a big Michael Jordan fan. I had the Wings poster when I was a kid. I had the um, the free throw line poster. Uh, my parents got me Jordans, you know, when started off in 91 when they had the, the Jordans. And then you had the other, I couldn't remember the the uh, number, right? But they're the Jordans with the two uh, two hooks in the front and a little, little, little hook in the back to, you know, put your, you know, to slip them on. And then, um, you know, and then the, obviously the Olympic Jordans that they had and then. You know, I even had the patent leather Jordans. My mom hated those shoes because they looked stupid. White and black patent leather shoes. But obviously, there are Michael Jordans, and I you know I had, you know, I obviously had to have them, right? And obviously, they're for school, so I had to wear them all year and take care of them. Uh, but I was very fortunate that my parents um, allowed me to, um, you know, to you know, give me the give me what you know they gave me. Um, you know, and, and whereas you know I had a Jordan jersey. Uh, Jordan cards, you know, playing, you know, you know, those cards, what are they called now? Collectible cards, right? Um, but things like that. I mean, um, and when I watched it, it just brought it back, it flooded it back a lot of those memories of how I was a kid. And it made me act like, a, I mean, it, and it, it did, it kind of, like I said, it, I felt giddy like as a kid, you know, that, that, uh, when, like you said, it was on WGN. You know, at seven o'clock, you know the Bulls are playing because you. I mean, nowadays, back then, guys, you had to get the newspaper. You know <laughs> what I mean? And see where games are. We couldn't go to our phone or anything. Uh, but you know, you, you get up in the morning before you go to school while you're eating breakfast, uh, especially during basketball season. You open up the paper. Uh, who's on the TV tonight? Are the Bulls playing on a WGN or they're not playing a WGN? And obviously, once dinner was over, you know, bath taken, you're, you know, my 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 butt was sitting on that couch, you know, watching, you know, watching Michael Jordan play. But I mean, like you said, that that documentary revealed a lot. Getting back to, let, let's let's try to get uh, a Manchester United hell, even a world football spin on this, because you said something. He was a world figure. Obviously, prior to Michael Jordan, world football had his its superstars. Pele, right? You would even say Maradona. Um, in the night, was it um, the guys that came here? Friends Beckenbauer. Uh, those those cats, the not Canavaro, the Canavani, the the one from um, Giorgio, the one from uh, came from Italy, you know. Mas- he, no, no, Mas- he, it was when he played for the Metro Stars, I believe. Anyways, in the seventies, but yes, and you get back to in the nineties, Zidane, right? Um, then there was the late nineties, early two thousands. There's Ronaldo, these these galactic figures, Beckham, right? These galactic figures that. Other than the United States, these the you know their their persona, you know has, you know has encapsulated the world. Michael Jordan did that, I think, for American sport across the globe. He put you know American sport, which is basketball. Obviously, now basketball is kind of an international sport now, but at that time it was you know more so you know an American an American sport. You know, I mean, yes, the Soviets, you know, you know, you know, were, were good, you know, in the eighties, seventies. Uh, but as 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 a world as a world power, 
it was the Dream Team, right? The 92 Dream Team, Michael Jordan, you know, they had Magic, Bird, uh, Robinson, Elijah, you know, <coughs> not Elijah Jordan. I don't think Elijah Jordan was the Dream Team. He played for his, his home country. Anyways, Drexler. Um, but him, you know, him as this world figure, this, you know, this global superstar that we've had in the United States, uh, we've only had a couple, right? We've only had him. Uh, Tiger Woods probably is, 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 is a global figure. Uh, Muhammad Ali. A global figure uh, that we've had uh, prior, you know, and then obviously now LeBron and a lot of these basketball stars, because basketball is now an international sport, they're global figures now, but we've never seen that before. I mean, other than Muhammad Ali, we've never seen this persona, this larger than, you know, larger than life persona that, that carried, you know, that carried itself to any, all four corners of the world. Who in world football as that same stature and the same level of play, would you compare Michael Jordan to? Because it, 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 it's a very, it's a very small class. I think we just can't go off what they've done. It's also what they've done off the court, and projecting their their brand and their sport. Who that's who who would you see? You know who would you put in that that class? Well, I agree with you. It's a small class. Um... Because, you know, like you said earlier, Magic and Bird kind of helped the NBA back, you know, I won't even say back. I guess you could say back because they got it back to where people were watching in. And then MJ just took it to a whole other stratosphere. Um, ah, that's a difficult question. I, you could probably say Ronaldo, um, the fact that, you know, he's been able to – I think consistency is the word of his greatness because he's been able to travel, you know, from Portugal to England to Spain to Italy. And I want to say his reach is like, I want to say it's like 200 million followers on Instagram, something crazy. So he, he could be one. And when I was, ta I was talking about this earlier with my wife, when I say short class, I mean like there's nowhere – that you could go and people don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing when you, when you talk about like, you can't go anywhere. There's a lot of really, really, really good soccer players that could probably come to the United States. Hell, they could probably sit down in England and no one's going to bother them. Jordan, he didn't, he didn't have that. So I would, I would say maybe Ronaldo, um, maybe Messi, I don't really know because Messi doesn't really translate as far as commercial sales. I know he has a Pepsi deal right now, um, but I'm talking about like a, a, a worldwide. I guess you could throw Messi in there. Um, Beckham at one point in time, I think he was the he was supposed to be the savior of American uh, football, but, but but was Beckham really? I don't think Beckham transcended sport. Like I think with Ronaldo and Messi, the reason why I say those two is, and when I say tran transcended. People were always, we've always had goal scorers, right? Yes, yes. But these guys are on a, like their records will never be broken. I don't, I don't think there will. And if they are, whoever this kid's going to be, I don't, I don't think Kylian Mbappe, I won't say that I think, don't think he can. Maybe he can. I don't, I don't know, but I doubt it. I think these two guys took scoring in La Liga to a whole nother realm. So um, those are the only two I could think of off the top. 
as far as soccer players having a worldwide effect. I don't think they're Jordan, though. Um, I know the CR7 shoe is a big deal. Um, I know that it's it's it, it's wanted, but I don't think people are still because you got to think Jordan's been retired for I don't know how long, but you put the brand new Jordan out, <laughs> it's wrapped around the building for people to get. So I don't I don't think um, they have the same reach. I mean, even if you look at movies like Space Jam was a huge success, so much <laughs> to where another one of the people that wants to be like him has now is doing space jam too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that's LeBron James. So I, those are the closest I could get with soccer. I don't know. What do you think? I agree with, uh, I agree with Ronaldo. Messi, obviously, obviously Messi's, Messi's play. Yeah. 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 Messi's play is up there with Jordan. Uh, and that's, that's hands down. And yes, Messi has a, and Messi does have a big following, on Twitter and, and on social and social media, God, what do you think? I mean, if if Michael Jordan had was on social media, what do he you would think? have had a billion? He would have had a billion followers, right. no question, no question. But I mean, where where where, where you said about Messi uh, regarding commercial commercial ability? I guess is that yeah. even a word? Yeah, it's um, it, it, what you're talking about. Because you see Ronaldo, right? I mean, I would say Ronaldo pimps himself out way too much, right? But Ronaldo has that. He's charismatic. Exactly. He's out. You feel like you could talk to him. I know you can't, but you just feel like you could. He's somebody that's approachable. He's somebody like if he's doing it, he has the swagger where you'd want to do the same exact thing. Like mm-hmm. the way he dresses, the way he wears his socks, the way he celebrates his goals, his workout. I mean, everything about this guy is, you can tell that he just, he has that, 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 that it factor where Michael Jordan, that's, it doesn't matter how many soccer players are on the field, you're going to go see Cristiano Ronaldo to see what he's going to do. And, and I, and I agree with your point. You do that with Messi, but I think when Ronaldo leaves the field, um, he has that swagger. Messi, there's a picture rolling around with Messi. I saw it a couple days ago, and he's he's standing next to his girlfriend. She's beautiful, um, but he just looks awkward. He just looks out of place. He just looks like he doesn't completely fit. And that's no slight to him, but to your point, when you're talking about, um, you know, global icons, yes, when you jump into a soccer, strictly soccer um, field, yeah, Messi's he's going to be up there. There's you can't you can't take that away from him. But when we're talking about worldwide, I'm talking, I'm talking branding, what they sell, um, what they do on the field, what they do in the community, um, what they do on their social social media is a big thing as well. I think Ronaldo he ticks all those boxes for me. Obviously, we can't speak of a Pele, right? We never <coughs> we never really watched him play. I mean, I mean he was that far retired by the time we we're we're even thought of right as kids um but you think pele was pretty much on that stratosphere maradona maybe uh from what people talked about maradona and his his demeanor i'm not saying obviously maradona's off the field antics were probably just as um just as what do you call it the as worthy of the pup you know the media than is on on the field play uh but as the player as this coming, you know, this, you know, this, this 
world like you know great player i think we could say that i think world football would agree that maradona and messi probably at that time were the hugest you know thing you know in world football at that time i mean not probably not michael jordan's level but obviously at that time it was a lot it was a lot harder right you'd say that and that's crazy to your point because like like you're saying like Pele and, and Merida, those guys were great, but are they able? Are you able to? It doesn't matter who it is. It could be a girl that's never watched basketball in her life. If you say MJ, she's probably don't know what you're talking about. Even little kids, like you were talking about those two kids, like that's what they wanted for Christmas. Michael was just, you didn't even have to really watch. You could just watch one game and you go, wait a minute, what the heck's he doing? Why aren't, why isn't everybody else? doing what that guy's doing. So, you know, as great as those guys are, I always try to put it into a perspective of, yes, they're giants in their game, but what does that mean when you're talking about all, all people from all walks of life, people that don't even watch basketball? If you, can, if you cannot ever have ever watched any golf and then you go Tiger Woods, you go, oh, yeah, I know that guy. That's when you're transcendent. That's when you're you're in a whole nother realm. That's why, to your point, it's a small class of people that can do that, that can that can be giants, but also be world worldly known. And this is before social media. So I, to your point, I don't know. He probably would have broke the internet a couple times, <laughs> um, just just going on Twitter and saying, oh, "I can't believe the GM's a piece of da da da." You know what I mean? Like he could have he could have said so many things. And that's why this documentary is so cool because. You're literally looking at him talk crap to the GM, <laughs> talk about how short he was, and they're going to lower the rim for him. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Jerry Cross here in a bit. Let's just, <laughs> let's just finish the topics on, on, on the man himself first because there are a lot more interesting interesting nuggets that we that, that documentary had. And, oh, um, man. I think, I think Jerry Cross deserves his own, deserves, deserves his own time frame. <laughs> <clears throat> but getting back to what you said earlier, you're comparing Michael Jordan to Ronaldo, and I think that's fair. I mean, that's pretty much spot on. You're comparing two world beaters. And this is where I get with Ronaldo and Messi. I think Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's prowess, the Ronaldo himself, is made. Whereas Messi is naturally given. And Messi is naturally given talent. You know? Ronaldo is... He made himself. I mean, I mean, yes, he had some talent. But I don't think he was as, he's as talented as Messi. Gifted. Naturally gifted as Messi. I think Ronaldo worked his ass off um, to get where he's at. And that's why I respect Ronaldo. Yes, you could say uh, he played for Manchester United. And that's why I love Manchester United. It was because of that. But if you've watched anything on Ronaldo, any documentary, any interview, uh, any um, if you watch Sir Alex talk about Ronaldo, you talk about Roy. God, who Roy Keane doesn't have a nice thing to say about hardly anyone. You see Roy Keane talk about Ronaldo. Hell, even Van Nistelrooy talks about Ronaldo, and him and Ronaldo had a beef. You know when when Van Nistelrooy was at Manchester United at Van Nistelrooy's peak before he went to Real Madrid. They always uh, they always have the same common denominator. That Ronaldo will work his ass off when they talk about him. 
that Ronaldo, after practice, would still be on the pitch working on working on his craft. I don't know about that Messi because obviously I don't watch Messi documentaries because I can care less about the men. But getting back, but you see the you see the net what Messi is naturally gifted at doing compared to what Ronaldo has 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 made himself. And getting back to the documentary, that was Michael Jordan. EC Michael was not naturally gifted. You know, obviously he got cut from his, as a sophomore, he worked his ass off the next year. Granted, he grew a little bit, you know, I think he grew to what, six, three from one year to another, but he worked his ass off to get to where he's at. And then even when he went to North Carolina, um, Roy Williams was his assistant coach at the time. Now coach of Carolina. Now he says, I want to be the best basketball player. Uh, so Roy asked him, what am I, what are you going to do? Well, I was already the best basketball player on my team. He's like, well, that, that was that on your high school team. You're in North Carolina now, so what are you going to do? And James Worthy even said, you know, that, you know, he was more naturally gifted than than, than, than Jordan playing on, the, you know, playing. And sooner or later, what did Michael do? He worked his ass off and beat and beat James Worthy. And that was his mentality coming into the NBA all the way to the end of his career is he's going to he's going to outwork you to to make you quit and i see that more in ronaldo than i could see in messi because i don't see that same drive i i, I don't in messi i, I think messi is naturally naturally gifted i don't see the 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 i hate to lose more than i love to win in messi because you could see that in a man right you when you you, know, you size up the man you could see what kind of person you are and I and Jordan was that type of person. Is he hated to lose more than he, more than he loved to win, and that um, failure was not an option for him. That he was not going to fail, and I think he feared failure, and I think Ronaldo fears failure. I think Ronaldo fears not being Ronaldo. I really do. I think if Ronaldo is not in the, the spotlight or you know nobody's talking about him, I I really do think that you know. Uh, he'll fall off if Ronaldo's not where he's at because I think he thrives off it. I think he thrives off, you know, being that 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 superstar figure. But he's gonna work his ass off because he's that superstar figure. Yeah, I can't speak to Messi's work rate. I don't. I don't know anything about it. Um, I think he does have that drive. I think a lot of people slate him because of his World Cup. Um, record which is kind of harsh because it's a team sport but um i think he has it. i just when i look at the comparisons between the two i just don't think messi has the worldwide reach that ronaldo has. i just think i think ronaldo's reach is just it's way further and i'm not just talking about um you know twitter followers or whatever i'm talking about the fact that the guy is just he's very um charismatic he's very much like he understands it's not just about soccer and i'm not like again i'm not saying messi doesn't get it i just he doesn't have the same swagger um you know I, but like i said messi he's a giant great you know no no slate to messi at all but i just think ronaldo's reach um is further than soccer and i and, and again and it may be it may be a want too right because you know i think he comes across messi does um, as kind of an introvert. You don't really see him out there as much as you do see Ronaldo, whereas 
Ronaldo's like, look, this is what it is. I know I'm great. I know my wife looks good. My kids are awesome. Like, I'm going to show them off. This is my brand new car that you guys have never seen before. And I earned it. I didn't go steal this. I'm, <laughs> I'm the best player in the world. And that's what we get. That's what we do. So, um, no, I think we're going to see a lot about Messi this year because the board is in all kinds of – I think they fired everyone on the board but one person. And so we're going to really see what he's about because um, there's been a ro- lot of rumblings. They didn't win uh, the league. Well, I guess for right now they're not winning the league if it ever comes back. Um, and so we're going to see what he's really about because it's kind of all starting to come out of that cycle because I don't know how old Messi is, but we're, we're going to see what he's really about um, next season, especially depending on who they bring in. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'll get off Ronaldo's jockstrap right now, so let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to a new topic. Um, old school versus new school, you see. That's another yeah. that's another thing that we saw in this that uh, we saw in this documentary. That I think maybe maybe millennials or maybe our hopefully our millennial fans don't take offense to what I'm going to say here in the next five minutes. But you saw a difference between old school and new school type of players. Jordan was an asshole. I mean, we saw it like with Bill Wennington talking about how he cussed out people in practice and, you know, basically he challenged, you know, players. I think there was, uh, I think um, Rick Riley was on, uh, was it Bill Cal- Colin Cowherd last week? You know, when I was listening to it and Riles basically said that um, there was a rookie that Jordan pretty much, pretty much, bullied you know uh that was on the bulls that he pretty much verbally bullied this kid and this kid ended up being nothing and rouse didn't say who it was obviously it was just one of those stories of michael jordan but like he would just basically talk so much trash that he just shrunk this kid from you know being this you know rookie coming into the league to being a nobody and then obviously you think mentally that guy just couldn't deal with it anymore uh, but that's what he was because the fact of, I mean, he even says it, uh, he wants to win. He wanted to win. And if he couldn't push you as hard as he could, um, then you weren't mentally strong enough for when the time that he's going to need you. Right. Uh, nowadays we see a lot, it's a lot different in sport, especially with kids and you know, how we, how we raise kids. Uh, but we don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about parenting. But let's get back to the league, right? Or the way the leagues are. The way that what it was back then to what it was now. Obviously in basketball, we've already said they're I I agree they're too friendly with each other. Uh there's no rivalry. And if there's no rivalry then I mean what is it, you know? There's no Bulls Bulls Pistons or uh Bulls Celtics in the you know, in the in the eighties or uh Lakers you know Celtics or Bulls Lakers right where these you know these these mega superstars we you know went at each other now it's you know this they just hang out with each other it's I don't know it's different but in world football you see that too you see a change in, in that demeanor I mean you, there is a change from the 99 Manchester United team to hell the Manchester teams are at now I mean, what player is going to be a Roy Keane in the in this squad? 
that's going to go after somebody. That's, you know, like if, if somebody tackles UEC and it's a bad tackle, you know what, what players can actually back up, you know, back you up and come on that pitch. And, you know, I'm going to get this kid. I'm going to get that guy here in a bit. You know, don't worry about it. I'm going to, I have your back. What player is going to do that for, you know, for that, you know, for each other? And we don't see that. I don't see that on this team. I've not seen it on any team since, I just say it since Paul Scholes left, you see? So the, yeah, there, I, it's it's been a, it's been this 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 I think this new and old school way of playing is I think where you know the, these players are just too friendly with each other. I think I think sports is always kind of they've always <clears throat> kind of been you, you've had friends. Uh, I think you know even with with Ainge and, and Michael playing golf the day before. Um, you know, I, I think they've always done those things. And I think individual players will have beef with individual players and, and that. Um, I, I think what's happened and what – I don't want to say the players have gotten a bad rap. They do have to adjust. But I think sports in general, if you look at basketball or if you look at soccer, you are allowed to foul in basketball in the 80s and 90s. Like you were allowed to clothesline a guy and – They'd be like, okay, let's just you guys calm down and let's play some basketball. Um, same thing with soccer. A slide tackle from behind wasn't an automatic red. It was like sometimes it was a talking. You know, if the guy wasn't laying on the ground, sometimes it was just a card. So I think the players kind of get a bad rap in that because player safety, quote unquote, has developed the league or evolved into the league, if you will, both leagues. And so it's difficult for us to really say okay these players are babies this is what i will say i don't think that players of today because of the way that the game is played would be able to play back in the 80s and 90s because again <laughs> you're not you you're they literally when jordan used to go to the hole he knew that somebody in the lane was going to try to hurt him not like oh give him an elbow like they were trying to hurt him and Charles Oakley was a huge deal for Jordan. You remember because he was the he was the person that would step up and say something. I think on our team now, I think Scott McTominay could be that person. I think Bruno could be that person. Um, I even think uh, Eric Bailly, if he, if he plays and he's not injured, could be that guy that's like the kind of okay, you got my guy. I'm gonna make sure that I get you back. I think those three kind of come to mind when you talk about um, shithousery or somebody that's like just wants to rough you up because you roughed up my guy. Are they on the same level as some of your, like your Roy Keens? Um, uh, who's another, uh, who's the Liverpool uh, guy in the eighties? Graham Sunis, those guys, can you do that? You, you really can't do it to that level because again, the game has, has now evolved around player safety. So anytime you see anybody get barely touched and they fly in the air, or anytime you see a 50-50 ball and it's heads up and somebody grabs their head, they got to stop the game. So, you know, the players are going to get a bad rap and, you know, that that's, that is what it is. But I think it's more the commissioners of the game and, you know, FIFA and the way that they referee the game. I think that's why, both NBA and and soccer players are softer, right? I guess you could say they're softer, in my opinion. 
Like tissue paper, you see. Like tissue paper. Some things yeah. we, we cannot yeah. find in the grocery stores right now. Tissue paper. <laughs> All right, you see, uh, you, spoke, you said something earlier about Jerry Krause. Uh, Jerry yeah. Krause was the GM. Uh, for those that know, know, don't know what a GM is, uh, it's technically what Ed Woodward is to United, the chairman. Uh, he's the guy that basically calls the shots other than not the owner, right? Oh, you know, like which the Glazers are for United. Oh, man, they bullied him. They bullied him so bad. Um, I know in the documentary it talked about Jerry Reinsdorf uh, hiring, you know, Jerry Krause. And Jerry Krause wasn't even a basketball guy. He he was a baseball scout. And I feel bad. I mean, okay, I'm going to say two things, and two things are both going to be contradictory. I think he deserved what he got for the players. Especially at the end, at the end, when everything was just gonna was blowing up, right? He was gonna blow up the team. But I give him credit because he created that team. He drafted, he traded for Scottie Pippen in that draft, right? Um, Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, uh, who else was it? Uh, pa- Paxson was on the team or prior to that, but you know he kept on to Paxson. And the, the the first round of the nineties, Bill Cartwright, and then you got Tony Kukoc, Luke Longley, Ron Harper. You know he traded for uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think he gets a bad rap of not being a good GM. But what I feel that, and this is where we're going to bring this back to United. The thought of breaking up a, it's like tearing up a lottery ticket. You see. You're on your going for your sixth championship, and now you're looking to rebuild a team. And this is right at the end of the '97 season. I don't remember any of the CC. I don't remember. I don't remember the thing about Scottie Pippen and his contract in the '97 season. Maybe I was just too oblivious to the fact. And we don't get the Chicago news like you know down here in South Texas like they do up there. Uh, I mean, I didn't have Sports Illustrated or anything like that to you know at the time. We didn't have internet either, so. <laughs> I, who know who you know who who'd have known about all these, you know all these strife that was going on. I didn't know Phil Jackson was only signed. I I remember he was signed to a one year deal, but it was like ah they're gonna, they're gonna give him another deal. I didn't I didn't realize that it was gonna be that's it that's all you're gonna get and you're out next year. And he was you know you know hanging you know hanging out with Tim Floyd, the Iowa State basketball coach. And I don't I wasn't I don't remember that because. You know, I didn't care. I cared about Mike, cared about the Bulls. That's it. But um, getting back to Jerry Krause, was it right for him to tell Phil Jackson that, you know, first of all, at the end of the 97 season, he's like, you're done. And then give him a one-year contract and knowing that that's your last year, no matter what. I mean, I don't, That's I, I think it's Bush League. I, I think that that's something that couldn't happen. That's first question for you, C. Second question is, when is the right time to rebuild? United have done a pretty much a great job. Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill dealing with superstar players and getting rid of superstar players at the right time and keeping the continuity amongst the team to go on to win championships. So what? when is the right time to start a rebuild or more so, United, it's more of a reload. 
it's like, are you willing to get rid of Scottie Pippen and bring somebody of his ilk in, and we're still going to win the 97 championship? Or are we going to give Scottie Pippen a contract or, you know, a contract extension or whatnot just because he's Scottie Pippen? When is the time When is the time to cut bait and say, you know what, thank you for your services. I really love what you're doing, uh, but I know we're trying to win a championship this year, but you're not part of our plans. I mean, is was Jerry Krauss right in, in doing so or or what? Because we've seen the success of United that, that it has at it. That United has had by by doing just that. I mean, I think Jerry was wrong with Phil to answer your first question just from the simple standpoint that it was more one, it was more personal than anything else. And then two, if you look at Phil's track record afterwards, I mean he he was a part of a whole other dynasty. So clearly, clearly he's a good coach. A lot of players, a lot of people have I've argued, well, you know, he had all he had the best player ever, and then he had Shaq, and then he had Kobe. All the same, he's got to be able to manage things. He's got to be able to keep the guys together. He's got to be able to get all of those personalities and have them work together. And as a general manager, um, you've got to kind of get out of your own way. And if things are working and everyone's having a good time, you got to tap into that and and understand where that is. And if it ain't broke, you definitely don't fix it. You don't you don't try to fix it. I should say so. No, that that was more personal. I think I think that's you know those two didn't like each other. Um, it was clear um, in retrospect because you know we're blessed today. Like there's no way that Scotty or Phil would have gotten away with any of that in in nowadays society. It would have been all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ESPN, first take. Uh, it would have it would have been all over everything. So that just goes to show you how powerful the internet, which really for me got popping. 98 99 um that's i think it might have and still this is still might have been a a bigger deal but um back then for me it wasn't as far as when is it time to to recycle um if if you're if you're given the same model right so let's say you have a superstar player and a sidekick sidekicks like not he's not like top 10 but he's top 15 right so he's good and then you got some really good role players. I think what you've got to do is you have to look at it and you got to ride it to the wheels fall off. If you if you have a once in a lifetime player and that's not like I said, it's not just that guy. You have to, and that's why I give Krause tons of credit. Like he deserves a ton of credit um, because he put the right pieces around. You know, Jordan didn't want to let go of Oakley. He was pissed off about it, but they needed a center, right? So you have to you have to sacrifice one to bring in what's best for the team. So that those are things that it's tough, but that's what his job is to do. So I give, I give Krauss tons of credit. I just think what he did and what, what, it, what some of the players did was it just got personal, but what you do is you just, you ride that until the wheels fall off. So if you, you see that your star, your superstar starts to decline, then you go out and you say, okay, if that top 15 guy that we have, is not risen to be right where the top guy is. Well, now, now we have to go get another top guy and then start to build around that guy. And I think you can say the same thing for soccer. I think soccer teams have superstar players. And then I think you have to have role players. Like not everyone's going to be world-class and I think you can build around them. So I think depending on what your franchise wants to do, everyone's going to tell you they want to win in basketball, the NBA championship, or in soccer, they want to win the league. 
but that's not always going to be the realistic expectation for the season. If you're United, because of their history, because of what they've done, every year that's what the goal is. Same thing with the Bulls. Every year from 91 on, and they knew Jordan was the best, the goal was to win the championship. So if you're not doing that, and that's what the goal is, I don't think you wait any more than three years. And I'm not just talking about the coach. I think it's it, that's always a scapegoat. Go out. If, if that player who was your star player, every team, doesn't matter if you're first in the table to 20th in the table, every team has a superstar. You build your team around that superstar, offensively and defensively, and you go out there and you try to win or make top six or top four, whatever your goal is. And if within three years – Three to four. I'll give you four tops. If you can't do that, then you need to reload. Um, and that's and that's my that's my personal uh, opinion. I think what we we did, not what we're doing, but what we did was we were trying to go find that superstar player. We were trying to go. Okay, come on, Sanchez. Come on, Schweinsteiger. Come on, uh, Di Maria. They were trying to find that brand new spark because they were a spark in germany they were a spark in spain they were a spark in arsenal let's get that same flame and and put it on united's wood and and let's see how far we can get instead of growing not just from within but a young superstar you 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 build around that you do that until the wheels fall off and then you recycle again it's happening right now uh with Bayern munich it's happening right now with city in my opinion it's happening it, it, it's going to happen you're not going to be able – Father Time hadn't lost a fight yet, so you're not going to be able to get around your superstars eventually getting too old. But I think in in soccer standpoint, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, that type of kid, you start building around him, putting players around him, veteran players, younger players around him. I think that's how you get it done. But, yeah, you give it, give it four years, tops, that ain't working, that guy's not doing what you need him to do. It's time to bring in some some fresh ideas, fresh players. Yeah, and it, it just it goes to show on what what David Gill and and Sir Alex did from from the what's from ninety two till you know up until Sir Alex left in two thousand thirteen. It it goes to show what a great partnership between GM and, and manager. And obviously, people would st- will argue that you know David Gill. I mean, Sir Alex had more more so to do in player picking, you know, in players than David Gill. But it just goes to show what a great partnership um, they had, and they're willing to get rid of David Beckham. They're willing to get rid of Ruud van Nistelrooy. They're willing to their willingness, hell, even to get rid of Ronaldo. A lot of those players did want to leave, and they, you know, they might have hung on hung on to them for a year, you know, past that. But they got what they could out of you know out of those players, and to still win at a high level, you know, it might not have been a Champions League, but they won the league. They won a Champions League in eighty uh, two thousand eight. They played for Champions League finals. I mean, this goes to show what what a great partnership those two had. <clears throat> All right, um, two more topics. Uh, I. First, um, let's talk about this one first because the the, the second topic is going to take a lot for me to actually choke up and spit out. Um, <laughs> sitting down players. I know you said you know, when I when I told you I, you know you said it earlier about kids 
purchasing tickets to watch Michael Jordan. I did the same. Sitting down players because there isn't an obligation to your fan base. To somebody, you know, a young little Jesus De La Rosa that his parents, you know, spend his birthday money on watching, you know, this man play. You said it I the best, and that's why I wrote it down and I wanted to talk to you about. For the player to give it and the coach's responsibility to the fan base to give it their all. So these kids, these players, or the, I mean, these fans that have purchased, you know, their hard-earned money to watch these these larger-than-life figures play a sport, a sport, a kid sport, do they have the obligation to provide the best all-around, you know, team, uh, no matter if it's an FA Cup, a League Cup, uh, a league game, or a Champions League final, do have they have the responsibility to provide that for the players? Because you said it earlier, Michael Jordan played pretty much almost every game, and because he knew that little Johnny was up at the stands, and who knows if they'll ever see you know Michael Jordan again. Yeah, I think you know. I think his mentality is probably something that I would say every player wants to have, but. That's that's the thing. That's why I don't. Besides Tiger in his run, I don't think anyone's been able to just just do that. Mm. Like, yeah, you want to go out there and you want to show you're the best, and they signed you for X amount of dollars. And but his level of consistency, because Lance Armstrong cheated, <laughs> his level of consistency it's unmatched. Besides maybe Tiger's run. Tiger went on a stupid run where he was winning like every major. They started to call it the Tiger Slam. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I mean, ninety-one to ninety-seven in there. He never even got to a game seven, not one time. MVP every time. So I, I just, you know, it's difficult for me to look at a player, a soccer player, or a football player, a basketball player, and compare them to him because his level of consistency was so unmatched you just it, it's it's almost unfair because because if a player has a bad game then you'll go oh well he wasn't trying hard enough i'm sure he's trying hard enough he just had a bad game jordan didn't have bad games like he just you'd be hard it'd be harder for you to find him have a bad game than it would for you to find like a run of him just like just balling because it's it was so easy and it came so natural for him. So I know what I expect as a fan. I mean, I don't care if I'm five or I'm at my age now. I want to see you try your best. And like I said, I've never played on that type of level. I play Sunday afternoon soccer with us, a bunch of old guys with injuries running around. And that's tough for us. So, you know, I can imagine being out on a Premier League uh, field trying to even pass the ball. So, you know, I, I'm sure they're trying. But again, um, I just don't think, especially depending on what position you play, my goodness, um, some of your mistakes can be catastrophic. Um, some of them can just be you're just trying to do stuff. But, yeah, no, I, I – um, I, I, I think they're trying. That's my point I'm trying to get across. But the consistency from 
most of the guys, it's not going to match the same level. Maybe Henri, maybe. I, I'm no. trying to give a stretching for players. Well, the question is, should they want to? Should do they owe the fans to play every match, or do the coaches owe that to the the fans to give the I, fans what they paid for? I mean, I it it really, and this is you know, in all honesty, if because since since we're on the the Jordan thing, the players of the '80s and '90s they wanted to play 82 games. They it was like a it was like a stamp of approval to play all 82. Mm-hmm. I think sports science again. You, it gets in the way of because we look at players like Kawhi and LeBron and we go, we, dude, you're load managing and you could be playing tonight. And Johnny saved up all of his freaking car wash money to sit in the nosebleeds and watch you play. And you got a hurt back. We know you don't have a hurt back. You just don't want to play a back to back game. So you sit out. So, again, if the players in the 80s and 90s had the same technology, the same science that we have now, would they do the same thing? I don't know. I mean, if you look at the salaries, the salaries that those guys are getting paid uh, back then as opposed to they are now. I mean, look at Scotty's getting, what was he getting, 18 over seven years. That's that's not even chump change. That's that's a drop in the bucket to a scrub on an NBA team these days. Like, like some of these scrubs are getting $100 million contracts to play. So it's difficult when you look at the two um, – I don't know if you want to call them errors, but they kind of are because sports medicine and development that those things weren't weren't that big of a deal. So, you know, the fan in me says, yeah, every time LeBron comes to Oklahoma City, he better be suited up. But the realist in me says that's it's 2020. And his doctor might have said, you know, if you want to play, you know, at your peak in the finals, you should only play X, Y, Z. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about sports medicine. I don't know anything about, you know, even kinesiology for that for that matter. And sometimes I talk it. Those people are told what to do, eat, sleep, all that stuff. It's all different now. So it's difficult for me to say, yeah, play all 82 games. Because like I said, I think the game is it's just it's different now. Are there players that play every game? Yeah, but are they the best every single game? No, because they're tired. They're human beings, uh, and they and they get tired. That's again why when you look at the '80s and the '90s, I try to tell play, people all the time those those dudes were a different breed, and there was no low management. There was no they were drinking beers. Some of them guys, <laughs> they were okay, Jordan talks about it. So they were a different they were a different breed. When you when you raise someone to to understand that they're not going to get slide tackled from behind when you raise them to fall down in the box when you raise them to understand that you can't close line people in the lane that's that's what you're going to get that's what we have now we've birthed these kids into being that way and that's and, they, and what we do is we hide behind sports science and player safety when you had the same maybe the same type of athletes i think jordan could have played in this era i think it would have been fine Actually, I think it would have been better because you couldn't touch him. <laughs> um, so you, you, when you look at that, it, it's difficult to just blame the kid. You got to look at the whole, the whole uh, program, and what it is now is, if you damage my product, i.e., the players, then I'm not going to have something you're going to want to watch. I mean, Jordan was what ninety percent good and ten percent to where he could have 
you know, broken the bone and never played again. He was literally the lead. Like he was going because at that time, you got to remember, Bird was still what? the man and Magic was still the man. In the documentary, what the documentary? What did Jerry Reinsdorf say? I he have, told. I, he's he, like, hey, he's like, I have one pill. You have a serious headache, and one and nine nineties pills will work, and one of them will kill you. And what did he say? What did Jordan tell him? He says, Give "Depends me. on the headache. It depends how bad my effing headache is." And I'm saying you you have to you have to look at that as opposed to now. If if a if a doctor from the team came down there and said, "Hey, LeBron, if you play on this, what did he hurt last year? His oh, groin." Oh my god, dude! If you if you play on this groin, then then next year you're gonna it's gonna take you long. He probably said something like that, jazzed it up, and LeBron looked at it and said, "Shit, not my brand." I gotta win. I gotta win with the Lakers at least once for my brand. That's so. What, that's what I'm saying. It, there was no brand. He'll, he'll never be Michael Jordan. Then you know what I mean. Never. No. no, no, no never. No. There's nobody. You can't tell me. All I don't right. care if he wins with the Lakers for two more years. He is never, ever, ever going to be Michael Jordan. I don't care if Kobe would have won six. The 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 difference between those two guys, and I will give LeBron all kinds of credit for the first run with the Cleveland Cavaliers because there wasn't any superstars. But when he first won, he had uh, D Wade and he had Chris Bosh and Ray uh, Al, uh, Allen or Ray uh, Ray Allen. So he had players around him to help him get to that point. And I know Scotty was dope. I know he was awesome. I know he was a great defensive player, but he he wasn't. You know D Wade. He wasn't D Wade. He definitely wasn't Chris Bosh. I just think that he needed help. So no, LeBron is great. I, I, I he's going to be one of the the all times. Uh, he deserves all the credit in the world. But no, Michael Michael never got to a game seven. He never even got right. to a game seven. I'm, I'm going to pose this this scenario before we close out here in a bit. EC saves all his money up. He's going to say Ronaldo gets back. Uh, signs with United. Right forward. Farewell tour. You know Ronaldo is is, is going to play every game pretty much, right? Ronaldo hates not to play. EC saves up all his money to take his family to England. Uh, they're going to start off a tour, you know, visit London, watch, you know, London Bridge, blah, 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 and, you know, go all around England. And their culmination of their trip is Manchester, and uh, they found a match. That's, that's their end of the trip. They're going to end it in Manchester. Uh, they're not going to even visit Liverpool because it's just a grimy, ugly city. Um... Manchester, the Manchester United match, you know, his, you know, his daughter, he's taking his daughter, his son, his daughters and sons, um, his wife, you know, they spend a boatload of money to get there <coughs> to see Ronaldo, to see the number seven back and, you know, to hear the chants of Ronaldo running down the wing, hey United sing, Viva Ronaldo, and you get to the game day an hour before the match, Ronaldo's not even on the bench. No, not even on the starting lineup, or not even on the on the bench. Um, how would you feel as 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 a person that actually paid money to see this figure, a Ronaldo, a Ronaldo, the equivalent that we've been talking about, a Michael Jordan figure, and not be able to experience it? Yeah. So I have a, so I have a story just like that. I'll answer okay. your I'll answer your question first. If I if if I had done all of those things, and I'm a huge United fan, I've got to see him play live um, in Denver, and it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, I am I mean, for me, going to Old Trafford would be like going to the Redskins Stadium, the Warrior, the, 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 
Twist Stadium, the the RFK. It, it, those are oh they're like God. meccas to me. Redskins Stadium, really RFK. Yeah, because for me, that was my home. That was the team that we grew up in in Virginia. Yeah. So if you get a chance to go to this stadium, yeah. that's where you should have seen some of your legends play. It, for for me, so when you get to these grounds, you really should. I'm, I know I'm more of a historian um, than 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 others. It's it's the it's the fact that you're in that arena, like you're on that same field that you know George Best played on. You're on you're in the same arena where so many great events have taken place, and you have to kind of take that in. Would it disappoint me? Absolutely. I would be I'd be so disappointed. But the fact that I I was in Old Trafford, I got to be in the same stadium, look at the same pitch that Rooney played on, that Ronaldo played on, I would be in awe and just looking around. When it comes to like that personal standpoint of like, oh my gosh, Ronaldo's not playing, yeah, I'd be disappointed. Well, okay. Say say their excuses, load management. Would you be even more pissed off if it say it was because they wanted to save Ronaldo up for next year? Again, or, or, if or, we're looking at it from in these terms, and you're looking at it in this day and age, I get it. I get it. Like <laughs> it's the thing. The thing that people have to understand with with players of today, they're not. It's not that they're punks. They have brands now. They didn't. Michael Jordan was a brand, and he didn't even know it. Like his his shoe was its own thing, and he didn't even he didn't even know it. Like if. Like you to your point, if he would have had an Instagram or a Twitter in the nineties, dude, he would it would have been crazy. It would have been insane because he was that that special. These guys, what they're doing now is they're trying to have their playing career and then also say to themselves, this is if you don't have you haven't had an opportunity to watch the boardroom at ESPN, watch it. It's absolutely amazing. But they look at their lives as, okay, this is going to be a short span of my life. So from 22 to 30, I'm going to maximize my opportunity. But when I turn 30 and I'm done, I'm going to have to do something with myself. Because the cheers are going to stop. The fans are going to stop calling my name. No one's going to be supporting me anymore. So what am I supposed to do to be able to get that win, get that applause? get people to still love me. I got to figure something else out. So it's about building yourself. So do, do I want them to load manage? No, I want them to play all 82 games. That's the way I was brought up. That's the way I was raised, but that's not the evolution of basketball. It's, it's unfortunately, it's not the evolution of sport. Sport is now about strictly entertainment. And you can say that it was when Jordan started to, to bring it into that limelight with the dunk contest. I can't wait till they break that down. It's going to be awesome. But that's solely what it is now. So you're going to find out who your real true fans are because, again, Michael Jordan was great. He was probably bigger than the Bulls in his era. But what happens with every single player, I don't care who you are from Babe Ruth to Muhammad Ali to Michael Jordan, eventually you're not going to be able to put those shoes on anymore. And you're going to have to give it up. And that Bulls logo isn't going anywhere unless the franchise gets sold and the owner wants to change the logo. That that's going to be there forever, 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 forever. So as a fan, that's what you're rooting for. 
Do you love players individually? Absolutely. Do you want to see them play? Absolutely. But you should always, over all of that, want the winning score to be on your side. That's what you should be wanting to go to that arena for or that gym for. It's to to see your team win the game. So would I be pit? Let, let me tell you my little quick story, and then I'll shut up. No, no, no. no, no. He, so the first the first NBA game that I went to, my father in law paid for tickets for us to go to watch the Los Angeles Lakers in the prime of the Kobe and Shaq year. So this is this is Kobe and Shaq in their prime. Okay, they already won their first championship. We're going to see them play the Seattle SuperSonics, one of my one of my uh, favorite teams because I love Gary Payton and Sean Kemp so much. I'm beyond excited to go watch them play. Okay, at the Great Western Forum. At the Forum, we're driving all the way from San Diego to LA. <laughs> I'm super. I'm 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 over the moon. Okay, we get to the arena. This remember this is I didn't have an iPhone. This is early 2000s. I didn't have an iPhone. We didn't have we didn't have uh, you know information updates. We were just listening to music, driving through LA. We get to the stadium. I'm super geeked. The players start walking in. Tell me why Shaq and Kobe have on business suits. Sit down on the bench. Never play. Don't play the whole game. I'm not a Laker fan. I just wanted to see two of the greats. You know, I, I want to see Gary Payton go up against Kobe. Kobe do something stupid. None of them played. And it pissed me off to high hell. So I get it. Like, I've, I've, even, I've heard stories of people traveling from state to state to go watch their superstar, their, their, their childhood, you know, star play is difficult. But again, I think you, you have to look at where sports is now, as opposed to where it was. Um, it's a, it's a different ball game and it, and it sucks. But again, if you go to your, if you go to your, I call them your cathedrals, you should be in awe that you're even in the building, you know, not worried about who's playing. Um, because like I said, if they got a little, a niggle, a little, you know, something's hurting, they're going to sit out. They're going to sit out. Cause like I said, if they're not at their best and they can't show that they're the best, now, now their brand takes a hit. Cause on Twitter, someone's talking about them, Instagram, they're showing videos of them limping around and it's just a different world, man. It, it sucks sometimes, but that's what we live in. <clears throat> well. I guess we'll agree to disagree about this one because I would have been, I would have been just pissed. Let's put it that way. If I spend cash like that, uh, I mean, again, Michael Jordan didn't play um, on that for my, you know, when my parents bought me the ticket, uh, I, I would have been a devastated fifteen-year-old kid. Let's put it that way. All right. Let me ask you though before you wrap up. Let me ask you this: uh-huh. You go to the game, like you go to the game, right? Okay, you got your Jordan jersey on. You show up. Jordan's in, I'm his, not a Spurs, in his. I'm not a Spurs fan. So why, no, would, no, why, why, why would I go to the game for the first place? No, 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 I know. I know. You go to the game. You got your Jordan jersey on. You're all stoked, right? Jordan walks in in his business suit, okay? So you don't get to see him play. However, after the game, he walks up to you, and he, and you say to him, Mr. Jordan, can I get an autograph? And he gives you an autograph. Though that's a scenario. You see, come on, man. He walks up to me <laughs> and gives me an autograph. Come on. I mean, I, who else? What else is it? Claudia Schiffer gonna, you know, ask me to marry her? I mean, come on, really? No, 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 that's not gonna happen. No. But yes, I would have been outside of the moon, but I'd still been pissed that he didn't. I didn't see him play. Anyway, yeah, I got you. All right, last the uh, last topic you see. 
Golly, I can't believe I'm going to do this. <laughs> I swear I was going to bring up this man's name for a good while, right? Because obviously there's there's no um, there's no football going on. There's no football going on, so I wasn't going to bring up this man's name. And I'm going to hold off as, as much as I can. In the 1997 season, Scottie Pippen <clears throat> had an injury. Um... He could have taken care of it after the season. He waited. I guess what it, I think he said, why am I going to screw up my summer? I can rehab during the season and be ready for the playoffs. Obviously, there was a there was a contract dispute between him and Jerry Krause. You said earlier he signed a contract, seven years, $18 million. In, in, in the um, documentary, even Jerry Reinsdorf is like, dude, this dumb contract. Scotty Pippen screwed himself over in that contract because he rather had the guaranteed money long term, take care of his family and things like that. Um, but yet, coming into the nineteen ninety seven season, he was injured. Even Jordan said he was pissed because he could could have taken care of it after the season and be ready by the beginning of the season. So technically, you could say Scotty Pippen was th- looking out for himself. Um. Something similar to what Kawhi Leonard did last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago with the Spurs. I'm sorry, not this season, not last season. Three years, three seasons ago with the Spurs, right? Uh, he was injured. I could say he faked his injury, and, you know, Kawhi Leonard is, you know, is what it is, right? Um, Scottie Pippen did the same thing. As a kid, I had no idea, no idea, no idea that was going on. Scottie Pippen was also an idol of mine. Uh, after watching the documentary, it put me into, I felt, first of all, I need to apologize to somebody. <laughs> and I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> but it gave me a certain perspective on the way players handle themselves. And it kind of reiterated, I guess, getting back to the last topic when you talk about a brand and they have to look after their brand and yada, yada, yada. It's kind of solidified my argument on that. That Scottie Pippen was looking out for himself. And I think going on forward through this documentary, I think we're going to learn more about the contract dispute and what he was doing and, you know, how it affected the team. Well, it didn't affect him negatively because obviously we all know they won the 98 uh, championship. But we're going to go through that. I just want (laughs) to... I know I always talk about old school, new school. I know I'm basically contradicting my whole argument today, right? I want to apologize to Mr. Popog because um, I really apologize because, you know, I was, you know, I'm sorry. Is that good enough? Is that good enough? That was, that was good enough. I listen, I think you'll accept whatever that was. You just got through. I can listen. I can take a ton of credit for mumbling through that. I, I am going to give you, I seriously, if you guys don't understand, like I'm, my man, Jesus, he's a realist. That's the thing I love about him. And, you know, Pogba's not his favorite. So for him to do that, that took some some waivers. So I, I, I got to give it up to you for that. For for real. I'm being for real. Uh, because I realized, I was like, dude, Scottie Pippen's a bitch. You know, and then when I was watching the, <laughs> as when I was watching the documentary, I'm like, dude, you could have, again, going back to my childhood, you know, childhood, you know, Jesus, little 15-year-old Jesus, you know, 
thinking I'm like, man, we, you know, we still won at the end of the season, but never knew why, you know, what why technically Scottie Pippen was, you know, out. Obviously, he was out because he was injured, but never knew that he could have taken care of it after the season because that's something, you know, a 15-year-old kid, you know, from South Texas does not just, you know, know. And obviously the turmoil between the, the organization, uh, between uh, Jerry Krause and Scottie and, and, and whatnot, and obviously Phil Jackson and Scottie, uh, though, you know, it just uh, basically culminated to that. But I'm like, I've been talking about a certain person on the United <laughs> team doing the same thing. And I, I mean, I just realized my hypocrisy, my hypocrisy, easy. I, um, you know, I, you know, I put Scotty Pippen on this pedestal. And now it's kind of it came down a rung, you know, because I still believe that, you know, you know, your dedication is to a team and, you know, and obviously I don't, I don't, you know, you want more money. That's fine. But you sign a contract, your dumbass signed an eight, you know, $18 million, seven year contract. So play up to that contract. If you want a new, if you want more money, you know, then we can, they can renegotiate and then, or if they want to trade you, who knows? But he, you know, he didn't do it. He didn't do it, and it kind of, again, realized my hypocrisy about, you know, talking about Scottie Pippen and this reverence, uh, and then also talking bad about a certain person that we, I apologize already to him. <laughs> well, I mean, I think ultimately when you look at sports, especially like I said, eighties, you know, mid mid eighties, nineties. Jordan was the first real. Because I know Converse had to deal with Magic and Burr, but the Jordans were, I mean, it was a whole different ball game at that oh, yeah. point. And so once you start to look at the NBA, you got to start looking at it and going, now we got the TV revenue coming in. Guys are signing shoe deals that are bigger than their contracts, some of these guys. Um, it's a business, right? And I think when Pippen looked at things, he said, look, I know I'm better than the sixth highest paid player on the team, which he was, which is crazy because he's one of the best players in the NBA. Um, but he fell into what I think a lot of younger, I would, you can even say younger kids will fall into when you first get into business, when you just want to get in the door and you want to take care of your family, you're going to sign what's more secure rather than what you're worth. So, that, that to me was kind of what he fell into on, on that part. So I won't call him stupid. Um, you got, what did he have, 12 brothers and sisters or something crazy, 13, something crazy like that. Um, when we, I know for me anyways, I don't, I never, and I, and I watch draft after draft, drafts coming up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I never think about the brothers and the sisters and the aunts and the uncles. And I always think this guy just signed a $50 million deal. I don't think about Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam's getting his piece. Mm-hmm. And think about that i just think this guy's got 50 million he's set for life he ain't got to worry about anything so i think scotty fell into that um that from from the jump but i think where he played his card was look if you're not going to take care of me i'm not going to be here and i know how much value i have and if you 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 remember better than i do i think they lost the first four games and they beat the clippers in overtime and the clippers were horrible um when they beat them and so he's kind of showing the organization and the league I am valuable. Jordan is great, but I'm valuable as well, and and I need um, to be compensated for how great I am. So I think you know, like I said, with business and agents and and contracts, it's difficult. Um, but 
you know, even with Twitter and Instagram now, we don't really ever know what's going on behind the scenes. Like we just, it's impossible. And that's why these documentaries are so awesome because getting able to peel back this onion, you're really getting able to, to be able to see how far guys will go to be able to prove a point, just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get surgery. I'm going to go, he's probably on a beach somewhere with some models for the summer, you know, and I'll be back when I get back. Oh, and by the way, um, you're not going to have me for the first month and a half of the season. It could be similar to what, what what's named it this year, right? And it could, and then that's the thing. It could be, I, you know, if he had surgery, right, you always could think to yourself, okay, yeah, he's injured. But let's rewind. He didn't want to be at United. He wanted to leave, and they were like, nah, nah, you signed a contract. You got three more years. You ain't going nowhere. Three years is a lot, man. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if I'm the, if I'm the person that signed the contract and I gave you $89 million, and now you don't want to be here no more because you don't think we're going to be any good. Well, screw you. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to block the trade. So that's what I'm saying. When people like there, these are real people. And I don't look at them like that. I'm going to be, t- I'm guilty as hell. I look at them and I'm like, no, you're such and such. You play for this team and you make mm. 50 million a year. You're not a real person. And it, it takes me a minute because I got to go, wait a minute. They got kids, they got wife, they got aunts, uncles, people they're taking care of, their own ego. Like, there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes um, of your Kawhi Leonard's. Um, I think, uh, who was another big one that had an injury? Kevin Durant had a big injury deal where he was supposed to come back. The, the medical staff said he was fine. He winds up getting hurt. He leaves the club. You know, those things happen all the time in sports so yeah with with your your it could be paul pogba rashford I, I i was hearing you know thankfully we've got this COVID thing but i was hearing he was trying to get back you know earlier than he was supposed to so it's just it's one of those things where it's difficult for me to do i don't know about the listeners but it's hard for me to not think that these guys aren't bigger than life i guess i should say and it, it takes me a while to sit back and go, okay, yeah, this guy has a kid and maybe him and his and the baby mom aren't getting together along or maybe the owner and, and the agent don't like each other. You gotta remember how far back Mini Riola goes with United. He did he wasn't just here because of Pogba. Mm-hmm. He's been at United for a long time and brought us some good players. Mm-hmm. Brought us some really good players. So like I said, the relationship that he has it's it's further than than uh than Ole, it's it goes back Sorry. many, many, many years. Yeah. So we got to look at everything from every angle, and it's difficult to do that because I feel like me, I want that shit microwave, quick, fast. If you're if you're healthy, get your ass out there and play. If you ain't, then go get the surgery or start the rehab right now because, especially if you're a great player, because I want to see you play. I want my team to win, and if you can help that, then get your ass out there and do it. So I think that's – I know that's where I fall in, um, you know, with, with a lot of players sometimes because I, I don't – I'm not patient enough to, to read the whole story. And sometimes they don't show it to us. Shit, let's just be real. Like, they don't show us shit like they're showing us now on this document. They don't, they don't do that. That's, it's rare. I know you're not an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, but the documentary that they're going to do on – the Thunder players, because they've got three, they had three back-to-back-to-back MVPs. 
that all left, that's going to be a great story. That's going to be a great because look at the dynasty that they didn't have. They, they didn't win one championship, and all three of those guys won MVPs. That's going to be a great story to talk about. The Kawhi Leonard situation, that's going to be a great story that hopefully somebody behind the scenes, sports writers, sports casters will one day tell. <sighs> well, well, you see, I mean, and as, I mean, we had a good conversation. I didn't think it was going to last this long, uh, especially talking about a two-part episode, but hell, we pretty much talked about a two-part episode in just the same amount of time it took, it took to air it. Um, but like I said, um, uh, it, it has a lot of comparisons of what this, you know, what Michael Jordan was to the football world because football football is global, EC, and, um, and I think our fans know that. And a lot of similarities, what we talked about today. I uh, hope, you know, hope our fans could, um, you know, get information derived, you know, just to see what, you know, if, if our fans don't are not basketball fans, it doesn't matter if you're a basketball fan, go to ESPN Plus, download ESPN Plus, watch this documentary. I know it's coming for the next four, four Sundays from now. Uh, it'll be on ESPN Plus or ESPN, I'm sorry, two-part episode to see <clears throat> what the phenomenon of what this team was. I mean, in, in any great team, just like Manchester United, Real Madrid, uh, Juventus, you know, they they transcend sport amongst their fans, right? No matter what it is, but get a chance, go check it out. Uh, you see, it's been a, it's been a pleasure today. I know we haven't we haven't pr- pr- we haven't put out as many pods since this COVID, but hopefully we you know we start doing so. But I really enjoyed today. Enjoy the topics. Yeah, I know today was awesome, and I know we talked about some things coming. We do got some things in the works, guys. Just be patient. Um, schedules are crazy. Corona's crazy. So. Um, stay patient with us, guys. We are going to get uh, – we got some special guests that are coming, um, some really, really special guests too if we can get everyone that's uh, kind of on the hook. So um, stay patient with us, guys. We will bring you guys some more content. Love you guys. Yeah. All right, Don't Worry Me fans, that's all for today. Like you see, take care of yourselves. Uh, don't, worry to forget, don't, worry to, don't forget to wear face masks and gloves. Take care of your neighbor. And uh, special thanks to, like again – Ro from the Ronos podcast. We have uh, Mark Hutch Ice Sun, uh, aka Baron Von Black from the South Texas Trainwrecks, Victoria Montsevice, um, with Alice in Wonderland Food Truck. Guys, support your local uh, local businesses, uh, whether it be restaurants, whatnot. Go check them out. Uh, I know, do you know, help out what you can to the community. And uh, Lucky Diaz, where you at?